Adolin and the others were bundled up as much as the king, which made Shallan look even more odd. She flew in only her blue hava, which she'd pinned to keep from fluttering too much, with white leggings underneath. Stormlight surged from her skin, keeping her warm and sustaining her. Her hair streamed behind her, a stark auburn red. She flew with arms outstretched and eyes closed, grinning. Kaladin had to keep adjusting her speed to keep her in line with the others, as she couldn't resist reaching out to feel the wind between her fingers and waving to, to windsprint as they passed. How does she keep the smile like that? Kaladin wondered. During their trip through the chasms together, he'd learned her secrets, the wounds she hid. And yet, she could simply ignore them somehow. Kaladin had never been able to do that. Even when he wasn't feeling particularly grim, he felt weighed down by his duties or the people he needed to care for. Her heedless joy made him want to show her how to really fly. She didn't have lashings, but could still use her body to sculpt the wind and dance in the air. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book 3, Oathbringer. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 60 and 61. Uh, we are back to regular recording stuff here. Um, thanks a lot for um, dealing with our impromptu live read last week. Um, we um, hope that you have caught up on all your reading or that you've picked the right episode. We wouldn't want you to be spoiled. These two chapters are pretty much just getting their chapters, which, um, you know, it's, it's still fun. They're still good. Um, and we uh, hope that you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And after taking him flying across the entire continent, he rewards me with an ugly ass fucking disguise. It's <laughs> Jack. What's up? Hey, hey. I, uh, w- what'd you think of that? This, uh, this, w- whatever it was, this horrid visage <laughs> that Shalon lays upon. One of the couple of things. I yeah. love that he tries to turn Sill into a mirror so he can a see it. She's like, I am not made for She's mirrors. Like, yeah. yeah. I love her response to that. It was yeah. something like, uh, you know, I, I'm not, um, it's a little degrading. Kevin. Yeah. It's, it's a little. Yeah. You're going to debase I, I, me this... to be a mirror. Like I'm a fucking yeah. proud, oh, majestic weapon. That. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's so funny that Kaladin is, you know, it's, it's, he can't see it. Yeah. So he's, he's trying to see it through other people's reactions. Right. And it's horrible. And so Adolin's like, oh, good God. Like, <laughs> yeah. He tries to go like, up to him, talk tactics and he's like, mm. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, but Elokar, straight faced, yeah, doesn't give him anything. Like, just no. he's so focused on something else. Did you like Elokar in these uh, these chapters? Um, I, I kind of did. Yeah, I know, right? Because I it, he, he was he was kingly 
poised. He was focused, regal, commanding, mm-hmm. and also had the humility to see that, look, Kaladin, if I fail or when I fail right. here, you're in charge. Yeah. You make sure that um, it happens, you know. He he was yeah, also was really... he was also willing to admit that he was wrong, and say you're right. Yeah. Maybe we should take. Maybe we should have been, should be more cautious. You know, like what you said was mm-hmm. right. I, I just, you know, remember I told you way back in like uh, Words of Radiance that like you know mm. I have a kind of a little soft spot for Elokar, and Elokar, it might yeah. have to do with future novels and oh. and who he becomes. Right, like so, like you so might have hated him then, but to this? Not, yeah, I'm kind of referring to some of this, like this, Oathbringer? some of yeah. this growth that he's undergoing and, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's trying, like we, that's what we talk about all the time with him. He's trying, right? So, well, it, yeah. it, it wouldn't be that far of a stretch to say that his character might make a significant achievement mm-hmm. here in, in Kolinar. Right. I don't know if that's, we'll make that an official prediction of mine, but just mm-hmm. based on what you said, like, you know, it, it, it could be a, a, a moment for him to shine here. Yeah. It's definitely, it, it, even if he doesn't accomplish anything, he's, yeah. he's learned, he's, he's learning to be more of the person he's supposed to be, you know? Right. Yeah. There's a line in there somewhere, I think we'll get to it after, but it's a line in there. Mm-hmm. He says like, you know, everything that I have has been given to me by my father and my right. uncle or my he, uncle. Yeah. And like he, he understands his place and he knows that he has to try to deserve the place that he's in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it a lot. I think it's really cool. Crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, let's get started. Yeah. This is, this is chapter 60 wins and odes. Mm-hmm. I worry about my fellow truth watchers. From drawer 821, Second Emerald. These, Ooh, these little notations. My fellow truth watchers. Yeah, these little notations have not given us much. They've been very no. vague, sometimes personal. Like, you know, I, but I, as a, I, as a uh, dust bringer, wonder if other dust bringers wear socks as well. Like it's just, you know <laughs> what I mean? That's the, the, the scholars are hoping for, to discover these secrets. And it's like these di- diary entries of these radiants, right? What I like about this, though, is that there are other truth watchers and, you know, just in this one sentence, I worry about them. Mm-hmm. I, I, what does so that evoke what, for you? It evokes something very specific for me. What do, what do you think about that? Well, um, I guess, I guess I have a bunch of things hitting me. I mean, I'm obviously thinking about, um, Bernarin. Right. And I worry about him. Like, yeah, I worry about him too. Mm-hmm. I worry about him fitting in. For I sure. worry about the burden of being a truth watcher and what that means. Right. I worry about the role with which truth watchers need to play. Right. In this epic. Mm-hmm. So that's what I worry about. Um, now, this could be I worry about my fellow truth watchers. It could be something different. Right. It could be a worry about them being. A problem. Right. Or I worry about them being led astray. Mm-hmm. Or 
Yeah, it could be completely different. I don't have any evidence to uh, support that. I think I think it does. So I think gonna... it does both, right? I think it's supposed mm-hmm. to remind us yet again about Renarn, how little we know about Renarn and what he's going through, <laughs> right. and that we also worry about him. And he's he's a character who's written for us to worry about, right? Like since yeah. the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, but it also makes me feel like this specific truth watcher who wrote it. Maybe they, because they're a truth watcher, can see something in the future that makes them worry about their fellow truth watchers, right? Right. Or is it that this truth watcher, this specific one, has experienced something that makes them worry if they are, their fellow truth watchers are also experiencing the thing that they're experiencing? Do you know what right. I mean? And it's a very right. simple sentence, but there's a lot of weight behind it. I'm glad you brought up right. the Renarin thing because I, I I feel that too coming off the page. I like what so. you just said there that it's like an event that they have experienced and then they become worried because that event will eventually be shared. Right. By other truth. With other truth. Right. right. And if I've been harmed by it, then I worry for them to be harmed by it. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a That's, lot. Like there's that. a whole lot buried in those like, what is it? Like six <laughs> words, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get into this thing. Mm. <clears throat> Winds and odes. The storm did not belong to Kaladin, but he claimed he claimed the skies to an extent. The winds, high storms, were something different, mm-hmm. like a country. I love this. It's like a country in which he's visiting. Yeah, like he's a visiting dignitary, but he lacked real authority. God, I just love the way he's able to describe things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that this storm, and I love envisioning them riding atop the storm. Yeah. And you can just see the swirling gray and black mass. Yeah. And and they're above it, riding mm-hmm. the storm. Um, I just think it's a great visual. When he rode back from being imprisoned back to Urthiru, he rode mm-hmm. at the front of the storm. At the front. And yeah. it was but really too- rocky and really hard. Sure. But he's figured out this thing that if he rides above it, Right. He could be like a hundred feet, a hundred yards or whatever it is above the storm. Yeah. yeah. And he can like kind of ride it out more smoothly. It's so mm-hmm. awesome. It's so great. Well, and it's, it's more dangerous to bring the others along. Right. For sure like, it is. So riding in front, it says here, that method with the full force of the high storm seemed too risky to bring others. Fortunately, during the trip to Thelena, he and Shalon had tested out other methods. Mm-hmm. Turned out he could still draw storm the storm's power while flying above, so long as he stayed within a hundred feet of the storm clouds. Yeah, that's great. So that's what he's doing. I also like here with the um, description of the storm being gray and uh, and black. It reminded me of Dalinar's desire to be not colored mm-hmm. by anything. To just be yeah, the way he just keeps his uh, yeah his armor slate gray, his armor and, simple, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just, that, it reminded me of that. Um, so he soars there now with two bridgemen, Elokar's chosen team. The sun is shining brightly above the storm. So again, the storm has so much destruction that comes with it, but being above it, it's just, it's another perspective. Right? For sure. Yeah. Swirling back black and gray, lit by sparks of lightning, rumbling as if angry, that at this small group of stowaways, I love that it's yeah. a ship yeah. and they're on stowaways. It's a country and he's a visiting dignitary. Mm-hmm. I love the way Sanderson yeah, it's neat. is like describing They're like in the bowels of the ship hiding and they can't it's let awesome. the captain find them. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And who's the captain, right? Yeah. Like the storm father or mm-hmm. something. It's just, it's really great. <laughs> it's really I cool. Really. Yeah. It's probably, it's, it's a highlight yeah. for sure. Is just the way that, that that's 
uh, described. They couldn't see the storm wall now. They'd lagged far behind that. Their angle to Kolinar required them to, un- to travel more northward. So they were cutting across the unclaimed hills now mm-hmm. toward northern Alethkar. Okay, there was a mesmerizing beauty about the storm. Yeah, this is cool. To the storm's churning patterns. I also like the, the use of the language. I just, I find the language of the series is just so, it, it connects. It's so rich, right? In like, so many yeah. ways, right? He picks the right words for the feeling he that he's... He really does. Yeah. Um, so their team, nine in total, counting himself, Scar and Drahi. So we've got some familiar faces here. Yeah, exactly. King Elokar is at the front. They couldn't bring their suits of shard plate. Lashings didn't work on those. That's really cool. Right? It is cool. It makes... The king wore... It makes a... Sorry, I was just going to say that it makes a shard bearer valuable in a fight against radiance. Especially ones that do these kinds of things like lashings, like a windrunner or skybreaker. They Mm -hmm. they can't affect you like that in battle. So you, you know, you're like kind of, you've, uh, counterspelling, you're, you've, you've got an armor of counterspell kind of thing, you know? That's right. Um, the king was wearing thick clothing and a strange kind of glass fronted mask to block the wind. Shalon had suggested this. It was apparently, uh, some naval equipment. Mm -hmm. So he's got, he's got this visor or shield. Yeah. In front of him. Adolin came next, and then the two of Shallan's soldiers and a maidservant. Kaladin didn't understand why that she'd brought those, but the king had insisted. Mm -hmm. We know why. Right. We find out later, at first they they don't tell us who these people are, but we know later on that it's not Gaz. Right. Well, no, I thought Kaladin had said that Gaz was to remain behind. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying that we don't know. Like, as the reader right now, we don't know oh, as going through this chapter, right. we don't know one of them isn't Gaz. We would assume right. that maybe one of them is Gaz. Right. But we find out later that it's not, Gaz right. isn't, didn't come. So we have to assume that it's Vatha. Right. And maybe Red. Yes, that's what I would, that's what I had assumed. Mm-hmm. And then this And then the certain. handmaiden is the, his, her newest spy, the one that's kind of been teaching everybody. Right. So Cal, I mean, we're going to get to this in a bit here, but Kaladin's like, as if she brought her handmaiden, she couldn't even leave on a mission without her handmaiden, but Cal doesn't realize that this person's an integral part of the whole thing, right? Right. She's bringing along a team of spies. Spies. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Adolin and the others were, were bundled up as much as the king, which made Shallan look even more odd because she was flying only in her blue hava which she was, she'd pinned down to keep it from fluttering too much. Even that description I love, that yeah. her outfit is pinned down or cinched or has pleats yeah. or folds as it ripples in the wind. It's different in order to accommodate flying. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. Stormlight was surging from her skin, keeping her warm and sustaining her. Oh, her stark auburn red hair flowing about her, arms outstretched, eyes closed, and she was grinning. And Kaladin had to keep adjusting her, her speed to keep her in line because she couldn't resist reaching out to feel the wind between her freehand fingers and <laughs> waving wind. to windspring as they passed. <laughs> I love this. Hi! Well, what, what, you know what I love even uh, more about this is that she, she wants full contact right. with, the, with the wind. Mm-hmm. Very stark contrast to Elokar's thick clothing and a shield. Yeah. And in order to go yeah. through this experience, but Shalon is literally 
bathing in the wind. Right. Like she. Yeah. She. She's. He's having to uh, like redirect her because she's just like wee. Yeah. And she's doing. She's having to wee. redirect Adolin because he's all like whoa 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 yeah, whoa yeah yeah because he's 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 funny when he when he gets to Kaladin because he's like oh like uh, he's gritting his teeth like he's upset like he's at nervous this and stuff. mode yeah, of yeah. transportation yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. not into this. Um. Okay, auburn hair, windsprint. Yeah. Okay. How does she smile like that? Kaladin is wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's also interesting that you're looking at her smile. Well, yeah. There's a there's a very uh, nicely timed ellipses coming up here. <clears throat> yep. So uh, in the chasms when they were together, uh, Kaladin had learned her secrets, or we know only only a few. Right, because she only realizes the death of her mother thing at the end of words of radiance right right so he she hadn't shared that with him in that moment in the chasms so she right. he knows some of her secrets the wounds she hid and yet she could simply ignore them that was something that kaladin had never been able to do even when he wasn't feeling particularly grim he felt weighed down by his duties or the people he needed to care for yeah, he just can't let go of the bridge. Yeah. It's just... Her heedless joy made him want to show her how to really fly. I really like this. Yeah. She's an inspiration for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I think right? I'm thinking about is this is like a duty. He's like taking her... Even when they went to probably Thalen City, he had to like mm-hmm. make sure that everything was measured and like we were flying properly because this is a test run for what we're going to do later. What he's saying here though, is he wants to her to experience what he experiences when he's flying this total yeah. freedom of movement, this like just unabashed joy that he, what she feels all the time or what she shows all the time is what he feels when he's in the sky. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So she didn't have lashings, but could still use her body to sculpt the wind and dance in the air. What do you like? So this is this. I really like this. Um, it's an observation from him, from mm-hmm. Kaladin. Mm-hmm. So he sees her as an artist. He sees her as a sculptor, sees her as a dancer. Yeah. He sees her as like, for me, I, I, I envision this beautiful scene between mm-hmm. Superman and Lois Lane in the mm-hmm. original Superman movies when there's like this, just this romantic hand in hand flying and at first she's nervous but then she like he he lets her go and he's just holding the tips of her fingers so she can feel like she's flying on her own that's what evokes for me i got goosebumps just talking about it like this is definitely he's got some romantic feelings because then he's like he snapped back to back to the moment uh banishing silly daydreams like he's you know no matter what he says to sill later on he's got he's got the bug he he feels for this, this lady he has the bug. Yeah. Um, and it remains to be seen what is going to be done about this. Is he, is he a Lancelot sort of a figure here? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know where it's going to go between Adolin and Shalom. There's going to have to be something done about this. Yeah. I, I don't I know where this is going. I couldn't, I don't even have any. I've, s- I've I, said I, to I you know. before that my feelings on this whole thing is that, mm-hmm. um, I, l- I like, <clears throat> I like uh, romantic triangles and stories, you know, whatever. I mean, they, they serve yeah. their purpose, right? Will sure. they, won't they, uh, who is she going to pick? Who is he going to pick type yep. of thing? Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said about 
strong friendships too. Yeah. And how important they are, right? 100%. Like one of my most important, truthfully, I'll be honest with you, one of my most important relationships in this whole story is Adolin and Kaladin. Yeah. And I don't want that to be jeopardized by any, yeah, I don't want that to be jeopardized at all. Like this budding bromance that's happening between them. I like, I want that to be solid. (laughs) You know what I mean? I agree with you. And I'm not for, I'm not for getting in between Shalon and Adolin. And there's absolutely no reason why Kaladin might be having feelings towards Shalon, but Mm -hmm. There doesn't need to be a reason for him to be, for them to be romantic. They can just be really close friends and she can Mm -hmm. still make him feel like that without there Mm -hmm. needing to be any sexual tension. Absolutely. You know, she can be the light and the darkness for him, even just as a friend, because friends can do that to each other too, without romance, without sex, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I just, I'm just... You know, I'm curious as to what is going to occur. Right. Or whether we're just going to have more of what we have, which is, you know, I, I, I turn your face into a, into a, um, <laughs> right. into a, like that doesn't seem, you know, into an ugly old man. And, right. And yeah, exactly. Like, even if it's just that, I'll take it. Right. Um, but I do like the fact that he admires her. I think he, he's admiring so much about her. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we've, we've said before, the... she's like his new TN, right? Mm-hmm. Like TN did this yeah. for him before, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, that's true. This whole dynamic between the three of them is very interesting. Okay, so Kaladin tucked his arms about himself, making him more narrow, uh, like a more narrow profile in the wind, so he could move up the line and renew the stormlight for each of them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he has to make sure that he maintains the power while they're traveling right. in this in this way. He maneuvers himself into line between Shallan and King Elokar. The king was staring forward through the mask as if oblivious to the wondrous storm beneath. Shallan drifted onto her back, beaming as she looked up in the sky, the hem of her pinned skirts rippling and fluttering. But Adolin was a different story. <laughs> he glanced at Kaladin and then closed his eyes and gritted his teeth, at least he'd stopped flailing each time and they'd hit a change in the winds. <laughs> whoa. They didn't. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he probably is blaming yeah, this on Kaladin. Yeah, yeah right? for sure. Um, Kaladin's instincts said he could probably lessen the force of the wind flying, of the wind while flying. He'd done so before, but here there were some abilities he had trouble deliberately reproducing that's really cool right he thinks yeah. he could with more practice he thinks he could stop the um the wind from affecting them so much like almost kind of right. create a barrier around them with the slashing but right. he and he's like i've done it before for myself but i don't know how to really <clears> do <throat> that yet so he needs more practice right. on some stuff right eventually a line of light flitted from the storm below It soon looped into a ribbon of light and spun up toward him. We just passed the Windrunner River, Sybil says. Or sorry, Sill says. The words were more of a mental impression than an actual sound. We're near Kolinar then, he says. She clearly likes the sky, glancing at Shallan. A natural. She almost seems like a spren, and I consider that high praise. (laughs) I like how he's commenting on on Kolinar. Yeah. 
and she just goes right back to what's really important, right. which is Shallan. Right. Come on, Syl says, sipping around to his other side. You need to be with the people to you need to be with people to be happy. Kaladin, I know you do. I have my bridge crew, he mutters, voice lost to the winds. Not the same, and you know it. She brought her handmaid on a scouting mission. You couldn't go a week with without someone to do her hair. You think I'd be interested in that? Think? Sil says. She took the shape of a tiny young woman in a girlish dress flying through the sky. I know. Don't think I don't spot you stealing looks. Time to stop so we don't over overshoot, Kolinar, Kaladin says. Go tell Scar and Drahi. Yeah. So stealing looks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure it's it's innocent enough at this point. For sure. So Kaladin took his uh, charges one at a time, canceling their lashings. So this is interesting in this in this paragraph. Sigzil's scientific attempts at terminology, all of his numbers assume that once uh, once lashed, a person could be under the influence of both the ground and the lashing, but that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. We've once talked about this used before. A base, what's that? We've talked about this before. We have talked about yeah. it before, but here it is again. Once you used a basic lashing on someone, their body completely forgot about the pull of the ground, mm-hmm. and they fell in the direction you indicated. So one full lashing reverses right. gravity. Right. Right. So a half lashing... <clears throat> makes it so that the ground is giving you half gravity and the sky is giving you half gravity. So you're hovering in between. You're hovering in place. Yeah. Um, Kaladin situated the group so he could speak to the king. Adolin and Shallan, his bridgeman, and Shallan's attendants hovered a short distance off. Even Sigzil's new explanations had trouble accounting for everything that Kaladin did. I like this. Mm Mm-hmm. Some things that Kaladin does lies outside of understanding. Right. He'd somehow made a kind of channel around the group, like in a river, a current, keeping them closer together. It really is beautiful, Shallan says, like mixing paint. She's looking at the storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if dark paint could somehow spawn new colors and light within its swirls. So long as I can continue to watch it from a safe distance, Adolin says, <laughs> yeah. We're close to Kolinar. Kaladin says, which is good. We're getting near the back edge of the storm and soon lose access to its stormlight. What I feel like I'm about to... What I feel like I'm about to lose, Shallan said, looking down, is my shoes. Your shoes? Adolin said. <laughs> I lost my lunch back there. <laughs> yeah. So, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I can't help imagining something sliding off and dropping into it, Shallan whispered, vanishing. Gone forever. She glanced at Kaladin. No wisecracks about missing boots? I couldn't think of anything funny, he, he hesitated, though that hasn't ever stopped you. Shallan grinned. Have you ever noticed, Bridgman, that bad art does more for the world than good art? Artists spend more of their lives making bad practice pieces than they do masterworks, particularly at the start. And even when an artist becomes a master, some pieces don't work out. Still others are somehow just wrong until the last stroke. You learn more from bad art than you do from good art, as your mistakes are more important than your successes. Plus, good art usually evokes the same emotions in people. Most good art is the same kind of good. But bad pieces can each be bad in their own unique way. 
So I'm glad we have bad art, and I'm sure the Almighty agrees. <laughs> All this, Adolin said, amused to justify your sense of humor, Shallan? My sense of humor? No, I'm merely trying to justify the creation of Captain Kaladin. <laughs> like he's bad art? <laughs> yeah, he's bad art. Oh my God, so funny. Yeah, this is good. Ignoring her, Kaladin squinted eastward. <laughs> so I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, Drahi Scar, Kaladin calls. Keep everyone in the air. I'm going to go out to scout below. This is really cool. I like this. The two gave him salutes and Kaladin drops through the clouds. Kaladin com comes out crusted in frost and rain that was pelting him. Enough light seeped through the clouds for him to survey the landscape. Indeed, the city was majestic. He wasn't really marveling, though, at its size. This is, this is a cool observation from mm -hmm. him. The question, the, the important question when he's serving is who holds the city? Mm -hmm. Voidbringers or humans? He cautiously descends and the, the place glowed with a sprinkling of stormlight from cages that were let out, left out in the storm to recharge the gems. But the guard posts, they were flying Alethi flags. Right. So Kaladin let out a sigh of relief. Kolinar had not fallen. But the enemy was building storm shelters on the killing fields. They looked like bunkers. He finally let himself stare at the city itself. I like this. He's so, like, on the mission. I'm here to scout. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to look at the city and waste right. time. Right. Looking at it, I'm going to look for what's important. Mm -hmm. Flags on the guard posts. Okay, the city doesn't look fallen. Right. Fine. Now, where's the enemy? Okay, I see them. I see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Noted and then that. he... Then he finally gives himself a moment to actually take right. a look at the beauty of the city. Of the city. Right. Which is great. He, and he gawked. <laughs> it's official. Then gawk. Storms, that city was beautiful. He'd flown high above it once in a half dream where he'd seen the Stormfather. But that hadn't affected him the way it did to float here, looking at the vast metropolis. He'd seen proper cities now. The war camps together were probably larger than Kolinar, so it wasn't the size that amazed him, but the variety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is really cool. Kolinar's defining feature, of course, was the wind blades, these curious rock formations that rose up from the stone like fins of some giant creature mostly hidden beneath the surface. What do you think of that? Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Fins. It's like it cuts the wind, right? And yeah. we know from way back in uh, way of King times that the, mm -hmm. the Dawn cities, so these major cities around the uh, on the, around the, uh, the planet, all have some kind of formation, these rock formations that the city was built into. Right. And it just so happens that these wind blades allow Kolinar to stay relatively safe from the, st the, the storms because these wind blades end up cutting up the storm when it hits. Right. They still have to make it's, precautions with the way they build their, their buildings and all that stuff, but mm -hmm. it's not as bad as some of the outer like towns and stuff around right. Kolinar that are going to get hit. Towering over the northern uh, side of the city was a palace complex. The palace was like a little city unto itself, bright columns, tundras, sorry, tund, uh, rotundas and turrets, and something very, very wrong with it. Because mm -hmm. there was a, a cloud that was hanging over the palace, a darkness that at first glance seemed like nothing, 
more than a trick of the light, but yet the feeling of wrongness persisted. And it was hovering over the palace monastery. Mm-hmm. It was hovering over the Oathgate platform. Yeah. The very place that they need to go to right. activate. Yeah. Still, that city, in Kaladin's heart, still lived a country boy who had dreamed of seeing the world. I really like this. Mm-hmm. So Kaladin, yeah, the paragraph before, Kaladin narrows his eyes, lashed himself upward. He'd probably let himself gape for too long. He didn't want to start talk of, of, a, of a glowing person in the, in the sky, right? He doesn't want to be, be noticed. Yeah. But yet he can't, can't help it. He's a country boy in awe of a big city. Right. We, it's I like reminding this us re- about who he is, right. right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. Kaladin emerged from the clouds. Did you see that darkness around the palace? Kaladin uh, asked still. Yeah, she whispered. Something's wrong. Very wrong. He emerges and uh, found that his crew had drifted off to the west. He lashed himself towards them. His stormlight was no longer being renewed by the storm. Mm-hmm. Cal, Scar started. I know, we don't have much time left. Your Majesty, the city is right below us, and our forces still control the walls. The Parshendi are building storm bunkers and besieging the area, though the bulk of their army probably retreated to nearby towns in anticipation of the storm. The city stands, Alucar said. Excellent. Captain, take us down. Your Majesty, if we drop from the sky like this, the enemy scouts will see us entering. So? The need for subterfuge was predicated on a fear that we might have to sneak in. If our forces still hold the city, we can march up to the palace, assert command, and activate the Oathgate. Kaladin hesitated. Your Majesty, something's wrong with the, with the palace. It looks dark, and still saw it too. I, I advise caution. My wife and child are inside. They might be in danger. Well, you didn't seem to worry about them during the six years that you were away at war, Kaladin thought. Yeah. It's a good point. Very good point. But we have to remember, we just talked about this earlier, Elokar has changed. Or he's changing. He's changing, yeah. What he thought was important for the last six years at the Shattered Plains is no longer what's important to him anymore. He's right. he's been faced with almost death. He's been faced by confronted by his uncle. Mm-hmm. You know he he's seen examples of people being honorable around him and is inspired to try to be that. And so you know Kaladin can't be too harsh on him right now because he is no. he is trying. <clears throat> he is trying. Let's go down anyway. The king says we want to get to the Oathgate as soon as possible, don't we? I advise caution, Kaladin repeated. The bridgeman isn't the jumpy, sorry, isn't the, ju- the jumpy type, your majesty? Adolin backs, I love that Adolin backs him up. Yep. Yeah. That's great. We don't know what's going on in the city or what happened since the reports of chaos and a revolt. Caution sounds good to me. Very well, Alucar says. This is why I brought the Lightweaver. What do you recommend, Brightness? Let's land outside the city, Shallan says. Far enough away that the glow of the stormlight doesn't give us away. We can use illusions to sneak in and find out what is going on without revealing ourselves. Very well, Elokar said, nodding curtly. Do as she suggests, Captain. Great. I like that. He, well, it's great, but it's also a little, it's a little dig right here at Kaladin, which later he undoes by saying, 
it was a good recommendation, Windrunner, for you to recommend caution. Right. But right here in this moment, when I finished this chapter, I thought, mm-hmm. ooh, like, so if it comes from her. It's a good idea. From, from, from Shalon, <laughs> yeah. it's a good idea. If it comes from you, Kaladin. So I thought it was going to continue in the next chapter, a potential further divide. Of this. Between Alucar yeah. mm-hmm. and Kaladin, but, but not so. Yeah. It's just, he, he appears to just be looking for confirmation that this is the that going into um, Kolinar with caution yeah. is also shared by others and especially with the Lightweaver. Agurd. Um, I think that Agurd. one of the, Agurd. I, th- I think one of the things that we <laughs> have to remind ourselves is everything mm-hmm. we know about what's going on in Kolinar is not good. If the right. Alethi were still in control of the city and everything was fine and they could just go in and take over and take control and the king's here, everything's okay, <laughs> everybody, the, the span reads and stuff would still be working. Like mm-hmm. the, they'd have some kind no communication. of, there's no communication from outside the city. No. So no. it makes sense to be cautious for sure. Yeah. It's very weird. And considering what happens in the next chapter, it gets even weirder. It is weird. Yeah. It's really yeah. weird. Do you, so what's your, um, what's your highlight, highlight for this uh, chapter? Um, geez. Well, I could, it could be the way he describes the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really like that. Like stowaways aboard a ship, yeah, or that he was like a You're visiting using dignitary the storm as a vessel. What's like that? The, that? Like that he said that or, the skies and the wind are his, country. but the storm yeah. is like he's like a visiting dignitary in a, a different visiting country. dignitary. Yeah. yeah, I just I don't know that that language to communicate this idea. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of my highlight is riding the storm like a ship. Yeah, and they've brought these people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, under these circumstances, you're scouting, you know, this is the band. This, these two chapters are excellent for that reason. It, you're this right. Is, it's total D and D it's mm-hmm. you're, you've got your party, you're putting on disguises. Yep. Shalon's illusion. Well, the, now I'm going into the next chapter, but the illusions that you use yeah. to keep yourself hidden overnight, mm-hmm. blending in with the refugees. You got like, a group oh of like gosh. rogues and like a fighter. But, and uh, a noble, and you got like you know, yeah. But a couple we, of we are dipping into the next chapter and stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, dude, I, I I think the highlight it. Yeah, for for me, I think I'm just gonna pick that. What about yours? Um, I think that mine. I think mine is that Syl is still trying to play matchmaker with Kaladin, and <laughs> and not so. Much, and it doesn't say really anything about. I think this is getting back to what we talked about earlier. That right. she's not saying I want you guys to be romantic together. He says no. you're better when you are around people. Right. If you just let yourself have friends, well, I have the bridge crews. Right. They're not your friends. You know, well, the bridge crews are not his would... friends. They're his underlings. Well, they look up to him. They deify him. They, uh, you know, they're really important to him. They're like his family, but not his friends. They are his family. His friends, his friend was Moash. He said that to us in the last book, that Moash was his friend. I I think I know what you're saying. I, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what Sill's trying to get across here. I like what you said there though, that, you know, just a reminder about him that he needs people. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and being around Adolin and Shalon and Dalinar. Yeah. It's like you're amongst your equals. Yeah. Too. Peers. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's, um, anyways, I, 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 it's, it's good. I do like that. She's great, trying to great, play matchmaker a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's a good chapter for sure. 
Okay, chapter 61, mm-hmm. Nightmare Made Manifest. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Do you have the uh, the map, the Kolinar map here? I do have the Kolinar yeah, map. Yeah, it's cool, right? Do you want to, it is really Let's just cool. take a look at it and for a quick second here, because I just... Yeah, let's do that. I like to... Um, yeah. I like when the maps are included because, you know, we're going to be spending quite a bit of time here and it's nice to know where everything is. Mm-hmm. The city gates. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm looking at that at the bottom right-hand side, yeah. A. All the different okay. A's all around the, the map is all the city gates. So there's a lot of all city the gates. gates. Yeah. yeah. A lot of ways in and out. Not, that's not great for security. No. No. Okay. The palace, B. Okay, yeah, that's in the center there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The market row uh, is C. Let me try to find it here. Aha, in the, right in the center in the heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. The dueling arena. Okay, close by, a little bit north. Mm-hmm. Adolin would probably the be very... theater uh, square. Adolin would probably be very familiar with the dueling arena. Mm-hmm. The theater square is in the top uh, left side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monastery Deus, the F. Okay, right beside the, it's connected to the, uh, palace. Now, hang on, is that monastery, that, is that where the cloud is concentrated then? I think that's what they said, eh? Yeah, I think that's what they said. Sunmaker Park. Okay, I see that there. Lannison Monument. Lannison, do we have that, do we have a reference for that name? No, we don't, I don't think. For the Lannison Monument? Oh, you know what? The Lannison Monument might be um, one of the things that were described to us in that interlude um, with that ardent. Remember? She went by a bunch of things and described the, these ornate art pieces and like... Oh, yeah, yeah. That might have been in there. Could have been there. Okay, the Devotery of Insight, the Impossible Falls, and the Order of Telenalat. Mm-hmm. Temples. All the different uh, got- radiance. Or all the different heralds, I should say. It's interesting that we have letters and, and numbers. Mm-hmm. So these are all the different temples map. that exist in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool, eh? Yeah, there's ten temples. And then there's a little diagram on the bottom here of the palace itself. Yeah, that gets a little bit more interesting. The grand entry, the garrison's big, huge ballroom. Yeah. Many guest quarters, a dining, a guest dining, and then there's an eastern gallery. Food prep, chapels. This is really great. I like how, like, the top half of this map would be what you give to your, uh, your D&D group when they first get to the city, and then when they have to right. storm the palace, then you hand them the second half. You're you like, hand them this one. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking when, when, I, when I read this chapter is, okay, here we go. Yeah. The band... Well, this is what you've together. been waiting for, bro. You've been waiting I've for been these waiting two chapters, for this. right? For this, this to start up. This is a D&D adventure yeah. is what this yeah, is right it's now. Awesome. It's awesome. I mean, it, like this is an epic, epic storytelling uh, event overall with the Stormlight Archive. But this particular chapter, this is, this is, you're playing a module. Yeah. You've, you've got your map. You've got your group of, of talent together. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go. How are you going to overcome this? It's great. It's awesome. I, I just, this chapter, Nightmare Made Manifest, chapter 61. Mm-hmm. We can record any secret we wish and leave it here. How do we know that they'll be discovered? Well, I, I don't care. Record that then. <laughs> what a waste. Uh, well, it's not a way to wait. I, I find it's like, okay, well, um, then let's record it all. Yeah, record that then. Yeah. 
How do we know it's going to record? Well, record that then. Record me asking whether or not it's going to be recorded. I love it. Hopefully, I just hope that they find stuff that's more useful than these, you know, had a turkey sandwich today. Was pretty good. (laughs) From drawer (laughs) 4.5, Topaz, turkey sandwich. (laughs) That's right. The enemy, okay, this, this chapter begins with the enemy army was letting refugees approach the city. Mm-hmm. Moash talked about this already, At, remember? Right. Yeah. At first, Caledon uh, was surprised because it wasn't the point of siege to prevent people from getting in. Mm-hmm. And yet there was a constant stream of people that were allowed to approach Colinar. And they were getting through on the side doors, which were open next to the, uh, the, the main gates, which were, which were shut. Mm-hmm. So they were allowing people in. Kaladin uh, handed the spyglass to Adolin. So he's using the spyglass to observe things. I, I just, again, I, these little details I just love. Me too. They'd landed in an inconspicuous location and then hiked back to the city on foot. Um, but it had been dark by the time they'd arrived. They decided to spend the night outside the city, hidden by one of Shallan's illusions. And this also, it's, what, what's that spell where you cast the hut of protection yeah, overnight? Yeah, Leoman's tiny hut. Le- Leoman's, yeah. Yeah. So this, this just reminded me of that. For sure it does. Little, yeah, well, we used that illusion. in our D&D game not too long ago where I, I yeah. well, you, you leveled us up midway through the battle and I'm like, okay, we're going to get to rest, guys. I can cast Leoman's tiny hut. Tiny hut. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I think in the Hutt's uh, spell, you're not exposed to Mother Nature. With this illusion, you're still it's exposed. It's just an illusion. It's just, so the rain is getting in, yeah. the weather is getting mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So, and I like this, there's a little a slight hint here coming up here. It says, um, uh, okay, in the morning, okay, in the morning it arrived. They were surveying the city, maybe about a mile away. Their hideout would seem like merely another knob of stone. Shalon couldn't make it transparent, so the weather was getting in. And if someone walked by close, it would be visible. Mm-hmm. So the illusion felt like a cave. The king and Shalon, this is, this, this is what I want to talk about. The king and Shalon had grumbled all night or all morning, complaining of the damp, cold night. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kaladin and his men had slept like stones. There were advantages to having lived through Bridgeport. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Um, They let refugees in so they can drain the city's resources, Adolin says. A solid tactic. It could be that. Yep. That's what uh, Moash assumed too, right? Right. Brightness Shalon Elokar said, you can give us each illusions, right? We can pretend to be refugees and enter the city easily? Shalon nodded. She was sitting there sketching. Adolin turned his spyglass towards the city. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was a, a nice bright day, mm-hmm. but somehow the palace was in shadow. Yeah. So something else is there. Mm-hmm. What could it be, Adolin says. One of them, Shalon whispered. The unmade. There you go. That's yeah. what she think, thinks. And there's a, That's what she thinks. there's a very specific reason why she thinks that. It's the next line. Shalon looked back at her. Or sorry, Kaladin looked back at her. She'd sketched the palace, but it was twisted with odd angles and distorted walls. The last time... So the same... Right. Right. From Urethiru. Yeah. That's right. That's why she assumes this got to be the same thing then. 
I can't. I can see unmade. it, but I can't draw it for some reason. I'm, I'm not able to draw it properly. The the same thing happened when we were in Urthiru, and it was because Ray Shafir was there, and it made things twisted and and odd angles, and I couldn't draw it properly. Got another boss fight coming up. Yeah, buddy. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Yeah. Um, you were right to recommend Caution Windrunner. So this is when Elicar goes back to Kaladin mm-hmm. and says, "You were right." Yeah. To recommend caution. My instinct is still to rush in. And that's wrong, isn't it? I must be prudent and careful. They gave Shalon time to finish her sketches. She claimed to need them for complex illusions. Mm-hmm. All right, most of us won't need disguises, as nobody will recognize me or my attendants. Same goes for Kaladin's men, I assume. If someone does recognize me, Scar says it won't cause any problems. Nobody here knows what happened to me. At the Shattered Plains, right. Drahi nodded. All right, Shalon says, you two will get new faces and clothing, making you into old men. I don't need a disguise, Kaladin says. I, you spent time with those parchment earlier in the month, Shalon said. Best to be safe. Besides, you scowl at everyone like an old man anyway, so you'll be a great fit. <laughs> Kaladin glowered at her. I love this. Um... Um, perfect. Keep it up, Shalons. <laughs> as, as she, yeah. as like, he's clearly, you're he's already my in point. the role. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, you're already acting like this character that you're going to become. Right. Um, so it was a strange sensation because she basically, you know, you know, puts this stormlight, uh, wreaths around him mm-hmm. to basically to conjure up this illusion. Um, the stormlight vanished and he held up a hand, which now appeared wizened. His uniform coat had been changed to a homespun brown jacket. He touched his face, but didn't feel anything different, but it was different. Yeah. Adolin pointed at him and said, Shalon, that's positively wretched. I'm impressed. <laughs> what? Kaladin uh, asks. Shalon wrapped Adolin in light. <laughs> Drehi winced when he looks at him. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Like this, like, oh, yeah. like, what's the deal? But with Adolin, she wraps him in light. He resolved into a sturdy, handsome man in his 60s. Dark brown skin, white hair, and a lean figure. So complete opposite. Yeah. Makes him super handsome. Yeah. Yeah. I think even the chapter goes on to say a little more about that. There's the kind of man. He says the kind of man that made women think they preferred older men when in reality they just preferred him. Him. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Oh, now that's unfair, Kaladin says. If I stretch it a lie too far, people are more likely to be suspicious. Your Majesty, you're going to be a woman. Fine, Elokar says. No reaction, no. just fine. Yeah. He's different. Like, you know, I suppose, you know, an older me, but I probably haven't changed that much, mm-hmm. but I would be suspicious of this. Right. A little bit. I, I might think Elokar has an ult, uh, another motive here in town. He... He's, he's concerned about his wife, but yet he wasn't concerned for the six years in battle. Right. So Kaladin points that out and says, Hey, like why the sudden change? As you're saying, he has changed. He is changing. He is trying. Okay. That's fair. But an older me would have been like, you know, I would have threw up a wild theory and say, I don't know, like this, you know, gotta be, gotta be watching Elokar here too. The Elokar from Way of Kings would have complained at this, right? He would have complained at being a lady oh, and like, yeah, t- like it just well, it wouldn't have been proper or whatever. He would have whined about yeah. it, but like, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of stuff's happened. We got to remember it's been mm-hmm. like 
you know, a year and a half to almost two years now since all this stuff's happened. So, you know, they're, he's, he's changing. Let's, 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 let's hope you're right. I do like her, um, her explanation for why he was going to make, she's making him a, a lady though. Yeah. She, and she tries to expand on that mm-hmm. and, uh, and says, and she's giving him an answer. You see, uh, your majesty, I don't think you can keep, uh, from carrying yourself like a king. So I figured that if you look like a highborn, light-eyed woman, it's less likely that you'll be memorable to the guards who will, I said it was fine, Lightweaver. We mustn't waste time. My city and nation are in peril. He's so very so focused on being able to do this mission. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, she was, so she changed him into an Alethi woman with features reminiscent of Yasna. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaladin nodded appreciatively. Kaladin, sorry, Shalon was right. There was something about the way Elokar held himself that bespoke nobility. This was an excellent way to deflect people who might wonder who he was. Mm-hmm. As they gathered their packs, Syl zipped into the enclosure. She took the shape of a young woman and flitted up to Kaladin. Who, <laughs> she then stepped back aghast. Oh, she said, wow. Kaladin glared at Shalon. What did you do to me? Oh, don't be that way, she said. This will only highlight your excellent personality. Don't let her get to you, Kaladin. She, he thinks she wants to get to you. He, uh, he hefted his pack. It didn't matter what he looked like. It was only an illusion. But what had she done? <laughs> I, yeah. I thought he was just trying it to doesn't get matter, but out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, but he, he can't. can't. Yeah, he can't. He just can't do it. Um... Kaladin's men had brought uh, generic blue un- uniforms along with no insignia. So I guess that's kind of how they're, you know, going to be in disguise. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Shalon, Shalon's two had generic brown uniforms on with Elokar wearing the dress of a light-eyed woman that actually looked like a real refugee group. Okay, so they're, they're, they're pulling off this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and Kaladin was her what? Yeah, she she goes through who everybody yeah. is. Elakar would be the bright lady who had fled, even without a palanquin or carriage. Before the enemy's advance, she'd brought a few guards, some servants, and Shalon as a young ward. And Kaladin was her... Uh, ugly grandfather? <laughs> big ugly man? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, still, he growled, could I summon you not as a sword, but as a flat, shiny piece of metal? A mirror? She asks. Hmm. Not sure it's possible? He asks. No, I'm not sure that it's dignified. (laughs) Dignified? Since when did you carry... Sorry. Since when did you care about dignity? I'm not to be toyed with, Kaladin. I'm not a majestic... I'm a majestic weapon to be used only in majestic ways. She hummed to herself and flitted away before he could call her back to complain. Elokar caught up with him. Slow down, Captain. You'll outpace us. Reluctantly, Kaladin did slow down. Elokar didn't show what he thought of Kaladin's face. The king kept his eyes forward. He never did think much about other people, so that was normal. Right, so that's another little hint, I think. Like, you know, does he, does he care about his wife and child suddenly, or is there something else going on here? Does he know something else, another motive here to an, another directive? Maybe he is only singularly focused about his own honor. Right? Hey, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. If that's the way it is, great. But you know, the old, an older Mia would have thrown out another, um, what's her name? N- Navani theory here. Yeah. 
Slow down, you'll outpace us. Okay. Um, they call it the Windrunner, you know, the king says, referring to the river that they were passing over. They were now walking uh, across a wide stone bridge. Mm-hmm. This is cool. Yeah. I love this. little bridge. The Alethi light eyes rule because of you. Your order was prominent here in what was then Alephala. Kaladin goes to interrupt here and say, I, your quest is vital, Elokar continued. We can't afford to let the city fall. We cannot afford mistakes. I assure you, I don't intend to make mistakes, Kaladin says. Mm-hmm. Elokar glanced at him, and for a moment, Kaladin felt he could see the real king. Not because the illusion was failing, but because of the way Elokar, his lips tightened, his brow creased, and his gaze became so intense. I wasn't speaking to you, Captain. Or I wasn't speaking of you, Captain. I was referring to my own limitations. When I fail this city, I want to make sure you are there to protect it. Mm-hmm. Kaladin looked away, ashamed. Your Majesty, no, this is a time to be realistic. A king must do whatever he can for the good of his people, and my judgment has proven deficient. Anything I have accomplished in the, sorry, in life has been handed to me by my father or by my uncle. Mm-hmm. You are here, Captain, to succeed when I fail. Remember that. Open the oath gate and see that my wife and child are ushered through it to safety and return with an army to reinforce this city. I'll do my best, Your Majesty. No. You'll do what I command. Be extraordinary, Captain. Nothing else will suffice. Interesting. Yeah. So he does... You're right. I mean, this is all reinforced that he's changed. Like, this is a... A different man. He, one of the things that he's doing here, though, is he's <clears> assuming <throat> that he's going to fail, right? It's a little sad because he's like, I'm only here to ensure that when you succeed, you know, my main right. concern is to get my, my family out and save the city. But even if I have to die, he's willing to die on this mission to finally mm-hmm. do something of worth because he's felt right. worthless his whole life. He has. Everything I've ever done, my uncle and my father, you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah. he feel this is his moment, you know? And even if he dies doing it, he's willing to do that because he wants to finally you know, be of worth of, in the world. It's kind of poetic in a way because with all of these other uh, individuals in his life, he's, he has been living under the shadow. Right. Shadow of his father, the shadow of his uncle. And here he has a shadow to contend with. Right. A dark cloud. That's true. So he has to deal with that. It's very poetic, Get out from under. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little poetic. Okay. um, Nothing else will suffice, right? Storms, how was it that Elokar could give him a compliment and be insulting at the same time? He felt a weight, Kaladin was, hearing these words, reminding him of his days in Amaran's army when people expected things from you. Kind of like Lyft. Because she didn't deal so well with the expectations no, of people either. Yeah, it's true. Those rumors had become a challenge, creating for everyone the notion of a man who was Callan, but at the same time greater than he could ever be. He'd used that fictional man, relied upon him, to equip his team and get his soldiers transferred to his squad. Without it, he'd never have met Tara. It was useful to have a reputation, so as long as it didn't crush you. Another little drop here, but it's happened like, yeah. you know, three times maybe where he's dropped this name, Tara. 
Tara. A woman yeah. that he met during his Amaram days that he had a relationship yep. with. Mm-hmm. And Sanderson's not expanding on it. It's nope. it's almost like we don't really get to know about this person. This person was for Kaladin only. Right. You know what I mean? It's not a part yeah, of, he's, of his he's life. Prote- he's guarding her. Yeah. 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 So very interesting. I, I really love it. I like it too. It's, um, it's a nugget that's been, it's been kicked. It's a stone that's been kicked down the road mm-hmm. a few times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really do like this paragraph though, with regards to this character. Mm-hmm. Stormblessed. That is Kaladin. Right. It's, it's, the, it's an idea. Mm-hmm. It's a, you become a legend. And he you used it. Batman. Yeah. He used it to be able to protect right. his men. Yeah. Right. Right. But it's different how it's, di- it's, again, it's a way I think for these characters to relate to each other. So Kaladin can relate to Shallan about being a different character. Right. right. He, he, he can really connect with her mm-hmm. on that. I would love that conversation mm-hmm. about, you know, some transparency with regards to, um, uh, not Vanley, um, it's a veil. Veil. You know, a conversation about, you know, you know, and then Cap and Kaladin could be like, well, Stormblast is a character too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the two of them could really have a and great And then Dalinar walks in and he's like, hey, I can talk, tell you a lot about the Blackthorn. <laughs> he's a character as well. Another way that these, I mean, there's, again, the, 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 the onion, onion levels of this whole series are just. <laughs> the, the onion it's archive. It's truly a delight. Brandon Sanderson's The Onion Archive. The onions. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, where are we here? Uh, Kel- oh, the itch. This is cool. The king dropped back farther into line. They crossed the killing field under the watchful eyes of the bowmen atop the wall. So they're, you know, they're in the presence of Kolinar bowmen. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'd think that, you know, he felt a sigh of relief seeing the flags. Right. But they're like an itch on Kaladin's back. Yeah. He doesn't trust it. Yeah. I really like this little Almost like here. walking past them and, and not getting fired at was too easy. Too easy and it made him nervous. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I share Kaladin's uh, nervous. I'm, I'm, an, I'm nervous reading this whole series. <laughs> so I, I connected with this immediately. That's just, a, that's just a character that both of you guys are wearing right now. Nervous <laughs> Nelly. You're just. There you go. The nervous. <laughs> Nelly Stormblast. Nell. Nelly's. T- <laughs> Nervous Nelly Stormblast. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, those strata, he thought, remind me of the tunnels in Urathiru. Could there be some connection? Well, yeah, there could be. Mm-hmm. When he's looking at these, these clouds. I'm guessing that's the strata. Yeah. Okay. He glanced over his shoulder to Adolin, uh, who came up to him. The disguised prince winced as he looked at Kaladin, so... Hey, Adolin, um, wow, that's really distracting. <laughs> and then, and then the next line, storming woman, what, what do you want? Yeah. I love just this little dialogue too. It's really distracting. Like he's like, oh, wow, that's really distracting. I can't even talk to you right now. It's like, <laughs> it's just really funny. Yeah. It's great. Um, Adolin says, I, I've been thinking, um, we'll want a place inside the city to hold up, right? We can't follow either of our original plans. We can't simply stride up to the palace, but we don't want to assault it either. So not until we've done a little scouting. Right. Kaladin nods. He hated the prospect of spending too much time in Kolinar. None of the other bridgemen had gotten far enough to swear the second ideal, and Bridge 4 would be unable to practice with their powers until he returned. 
Agreed, Kaladin says, but do you have any ideas of where we can set up? I've got uh, just the place, actually. Run by people I trust and close enough to the palace to do some scouting, but far enough away not to get uh, caught in whatever is going on there. Hopefully. Well, what's it like? Kaladin asks. The thing beneath the tower that you and Shallan fought. Well, Shallan has pictures. You should ask her. Mm-hmm. I've seen them in the reports Dalinar's scribes gave me, Kaladin says. What was it like? So rather than go to Shallan and ask, he's, this is very like, I don't know, it's like the high school guy who's got the crush on the girl and he can't go up to her, he can't talk to Maybe. her. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm reading it a little differently. Okay, okay. He's he's saying, well, if you know, Shalon has pictures, you, you should ask her. And she's like, I've yeah. seen those in the reports. But then he's looking right. at Adolin going, what was it like? Because Adolin right. is also a fighter, a warrior, yeah. a soldier. So what was it right. like fighting one of these things? Not was, yeah. what was your impression of it? What was the power like? What no, was, no, no. was it scary? Yeah. What was it like? And then, then yeah, what was the experience? Yeah. And then I think they talk a little bit about that here where, you know, he <clears> says, um, here, just, just keep reading. I'll, we'll, we'll point it out in a second. Yeah. Well, we'll get it. No, I, I think you're right. Like he wants more information from Adolin, but I, he I also just doesn't want to go talk to Shalant. He's just, yeah, he's avoiding it. Like yeah. you turn me into an ugly guy. Yeah. You stole my boots. You got this red hair and you're distracting to me yeah. and I just, I can't do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, so Adolin turned his blue eyes back to their path. The illusion was so real it was hard to believe it was actually him. But he walked in the same way, with an inborn confidence that only a light eyes had. I like that Kaladin can see that too. Mm -hmm. You know, the difference in the gait of someone from light eyes to dark eyes. It was wrong, Adolin finally said. Haunting. It was a nightmare made manifest. There's our title. Right. Kind of like my face? Kaladin asks. Adolin glanced at him, then grinned. Fortunately, Shalon covered it up for you with that illusion. <laughs> this is a really funny response yeah. from Adolin. It's great. And this is another, it's probably my highlight of this whole it's my highlight. chapter. Could, it sure could it be. Is. is it yours it's too? It's mine, yeah. Because then Kaladin found himself Kaladin smiling. Self-smiling. And he doesn't do that right. often. And no, this is my doesn't. official bromance alert. Beep, 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 totally. beep. Bromance alert, bromance alert. Bits. <laughs> totally. Bro- the, uh, the way Adolin said things like that made it clear that he was joking. And not only at your expense, Adolin made you want to laugh with, with him. him. Yeah, dude. Bro, yeah. So we have the same highlight. Yeah. Because I've got my... Yeah, that's my highlight, I man. D- I love that line. Adolin made you want to laugh with him. He's like right. this character that's very disarming. It, you know, he might be pompous. He might be li- like highborn, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But there's just yeah. something about him that's so likable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I want to protect this bromance. Yes. I really yes. Do. At all costs. At all costs. Yep. Um, what, would their, okay. what would their bromance name be? Like, oh, like Benifer or whatever? Yeah, it would be. Uh, let's see. K, K- Dolan. <laughs> Kadolin? Because it's like Kaladin, but Kadolin? I don't know. It's hard because their names are very similar. Kaladin, Kadolin. Kadolin? Or what would it be in reverse? It would be Uh, uh, Kaladin, it would be Aladin? Yeah, it'd be just Aladin, but it's too close. (laughs) No, it'd be Adolin. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, they don't get a special (laughs) name. They don't get a special name. Yeah, Yeah. they, they, they don't get a name. No. 
Okay. Uh, they'd been letting people in earlier. What was happening? Oh, yeah, because they were starting to turn people away. Mm-hmm. Right? So the the refugees are being uh, being refused. What was happening? They, they don't know. Um, Kaladin glanced at Adolin and then gestured with his chin. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll go have a look, Adolin said, turning toward the others. Wait here. Scar and Drahi stopped, but Elokar followed as Kaladin and Adolin continued forward, and so did Shallan. I like this observation. Oh, the command structure in this expedition was going to be a nightmare. Right. So, because you've got a lot of headstrong yeah, people here. For sure, you've got a king. Good luck, Captain you got Kaladin. A, yeah, you've got the Captain Kaladin. You, you have the High Prince uh, Adolin, and then you have Shallan, right. who thinks she should be like, included in everything, right? Yeah, exactly. Elokar imperiously marched forward and barked at people to move out of his way. Reluctantly, they did. A woman with his bearing was not someone to cross. I demand entry, Elokar says. There are 50 or 60 people around. The small group of guards looked over Elokar. How many fighting men can you provide for the city's uh, defense? None, Elokar snaps. They are my personal guard. Well then, Brightness, you should march them personally onto the south and China, the city. <laughs> well, where? There are monsters everywhere, Captain. Word is that there are fewer to the south. Regardless, Kolinar is full to bursting. You won't find sanctuary here. Trust me. Move on. The city... Who is your superior? Elokar asks. I serve High Marshal Azure of the Wall Guard. High Marshal Azure? Or Azure? I've never heard of such a man. Do these people look like they can walk any farther? I command that you let us enter the city. So he's rolling again. Yeah. To see if he can bluff his way in or, in, you know. He's doing it, man. He's, th- this is the perfect disguise for him. He's, uh, Sh- Shalon gave him the Karen disguise. Let me talk yeah. to your manager. The disguise is working. He's got advantage on the role. Right. This is great. Yeah, just it's awesome. Someone... I'm under orders to only let in a set number of people per day, the guard says. Mm-hmm. We've passed the limit. You'll need to wait here until tomorrow. People growled and more anger spread appeared. It's not that we're callous, the guard ca- uh, captain says. Will you just listen? The city is low on food and we're running out of room in storm shelters. Every person we uh, add strains our resources further. But the monsters are focused here. If you face to, if you flee to the south, you can take refuge there. Maybe even get to Yakoved. Unacceptable, Alakar says. You've gotten these insane orders from the Azure fellow who commands him. The High Marshal has no commander. Oh. Mm-hmm. No one above No one above the High Commander. Azure? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Martial law type sort of scenario. Yep. What Elokar demands? What, what of the Queen? Esodon. The guard just shook his head. Look, are those two men yours? They look like good soldiers, referring to, uh, was it uh, Drahi and Scar? Scar, yeah. If you assign them over to the wall guard, I'll give you immediate entry, and we'll see that you get a, a grain ration. But not that one, though, the, another guard says. He looks sick. He points to Kaladin. To, <laughs> he looks sick. <laughs> I love how, again, you learn about what Kaladin looks like through the... Exactly. From other people. Uh, yeah. He's not just gross people. and ugly, but now he looks sick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gross. Impossible, Elokar demands. I need my guards with me at all times. Brightness, the captain says. But Kaladin empathized with the poor man. Sill suddenly grew alert, zipping as a ribbon of light. 
Kaladin immediately stopped paying attention to Elokar. He searched the sky until he saw figures flying toward the wall in a V formation. There were at least 20 Voidbringers trailing a plume of dark energy. Mm-hmm. Soldiers began to scream. The urgent call of drums followed, and the guard captain cursed in response. He and his men charged in through the open doors. In, Aelin shouts as the other refugees surge forward, and he grabs the king and tows him toward the inside. But Kaladin fought against the press, the, the, the press refused to be pushed into the city. He wants to keep his eyes on the V formation mm-hmm. on this. Yeah, on he wants to see bringers. what's going on, He's, yeah. He needs to protect. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a big moment here. Because this is when Kaladin has to sort of go against the grain of himself. Right. To keep your eye on the mission. Right. Um, steady, he told himself, the point is to get in without being seen. You would ruin that by flying in the defense of the city. Kaladin, Adolin says, come on. They're, dem- they're dominating the wall, Adolin. We should go and help. Help how, Adolin says. Summon shard blades and swing them wildly in the air like a farmer chasing sky eels. This is merely a raid to test our defenses. It's, it's not a full-on assault. Kaladin drew in his breath and let Adolin pull him into the city. The two dozens of the fuse, they could take this city with ease. Not alone. Everyone knows that shard bearers can't hold ground. It should be the same for Radiance and those fused. You need soldiers to take a city, so, so let's move. This is great battle wisdom from Adolin. Yeah. Sharing it with Kaladin. Mm-hmm. Kaladin recognizes mm-hmm. it. In this next few cha- two paragraphs, they went inside and Kaladin tried to close his ears to the distant shouts of the soldiers. I love this, that he has to actively stop caring. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't hear those shouts. It bothers yeah. me. Like, yeah, I have a mission. You know, I, I can't, can't go. Yeah. His instincts are to go di- and help those people. Yeah. The fused soaring away from the wall after only a few minutes of fighting. Kaladin sighed, watching them go steeled himself and followed with the rest of as Adolin led them down a wide thoroughfare. Kaladin was even, he was both more impressed, sorry, Kolinar was both more impressive and more depressing from the inside. Mm-hmm. Th- this place was absolutely crowded. Storm doors were, sh- were closed like no one was letting anybody in. Everybody was locked up tightly for fear of being overwhelmed by, re- by the refugees. Mm-hmm. Shallan's soldiers pulled tight around her, hands carefully on their pockets. They seemed familiar with the underbelly of city life. I like this, that Vatha and Perchance Red were like, they're like, look, we're in a city, close quarters, lots of refuge, lots of people around. Yeah, they felt instantly comfortable here. Well, they felt, they felt comfortable, but also they were like holding their pockets. Yeah. Well, like they don't want to be, they don't want to be they knew, Well, comfortable in the sense that this is, they're, they're familiar with these kinds of places. Right. Yeah. Sure. Right. But I, well, and unless I misread that wrong. No, I think you read it right. Hands, hands carefully on their pockets. That's, mm-hmm. I, I immediately thought that, okay, we're, we're being cautious because we're, you know, the, these, we're, we're in a, in a, a, a war scenario, mm-hmm. ba- battle scenario. People are desperate. Right. Mm-hmm. Where are the patrols? Kaladin asks. Kaladin thought as they walked through the curving streets up and down the slopes. He didn't see anything until they passed out the section of the city nearest the gates and entered a more, a wealthy area, right? So there was, there was no protection in the regular streets going to a wealthy area where there's an iron gate Mm -hmm. 
this just 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 reminded me of gated communities for sure for sure you know and then there you have protection and there you have a few things mm -hmm. all the extras um behind those guards sorry behind those were guards but the streets were devoid of anything similar that's right um Kaladin quickened his pace to catch up with Adolin is this safe house of yours close I don't like the feeling of being on these streets mm -hmm. no it's a way yet uh, Adolin says but I agree I should have brought a nice uh, sorry a side sword who knew I'd be worried about summoning my blade why can't shard bearers hold a city Kaladin asks. Can I, can I just mention That's, that in the last two chapters yeah. that we covered, the, the ones we did the live read at the cottage, this mm -hmm. saying came up. So what, shard bears can't hold. Yeah. Seat? So it was just a very quick off, like, a, a, a like, uh, a, a, just a quick comment that Dalinar made, but he didn't, <coughs> he didn't expand on what it meant. And no. Sanderson's doing that thing he does where he, you know, two chapters Drops ago, it. he dropped this thing and then now we're getting it again. And now Adolin is going to explain it a little more. Basic military theory, Adolin says, shard bearers do a great job killing people, but what are they going to do against the population of an entire city? Murder everyone who disobeys? They'd get overwhelmed. Shards are not. Those flying Voidbringers will need to bring in the entire army to take the city, but first they'll test the walls, maybe weaken the defenses. Kaladin nodded. He didn't have the training of a man like Aelin. He'd participated in wars, but he'd never run any. Mm -hmm. I, I, this is a little bit of a continuation of the bromance. Yeah, it's a little ad admiration. It's like, like, yeah, Aelin uh, knows what yeah. he's talking about. Right. I love it. Um, so they, they go to the market. Uh, and inside he finally spotted a policing force mm -hmm. in the market. Right. Okay. So again, got to protect what's important. Right. Goods. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I read that too much into it, but a tight group of men wearing unfamiliar colors. Okay. Mm -hmm. Unfamiliar colors here. This area would have looked nice, uh, under other circumstances, ridges of shale bark along the street, cultivated trees, refugees huddled in family groups. Here, the buildings were built in large square layouts. People were crowded into these, mm -hmm. turning them into improvised shelters. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, Kaladin saw no obvious starvation, so the city's food stores hadn't given out yet. Did you see that? Shalon asked. What? Kaladin asks. There are performers in the market over there, dressed in odd clothing. There's another one. There's a man dressed all in white with strips of cloth that streamed and fluttered as he moved. I immediately thought, oh my gosh, what are you, <laughs> dressed all in white? What is this? Right. I just, I don't know, I immediately thought of the assassin in white. Right. But... Kaladin watched until a chull pulling a wagon of storm refuse blocked his view. Ah ahead of them, people started clearing the streets. To the side, Elikar says, I'm curious about what this could be. They joined the crowds, pressed up against the buildings. Kaladin shoving his hands in his pack to protect the large number of spheres that he had tucked away. Soon a strange procession came marching down the center of the street. These men and women, who also dressed like performers, their clothes were augmented with bright-colored strips of red, blue, or green fabric. They walked past, calling out nonsense phrases, words that Kaladin knew but which didn't belong together. What in damnation is happening in this city? Right. Asks. I love this. <laughs> yeah. This is great. This isn't normal. 
uh, Kaladin whispered. He's, he's a, we gave, is he asking? He's, yeah, asking, he's asking. This is this isn't normal. He's never been to Kolinar, so he doesn't know if there's no. like maybe there's a festival yeah. on right now where people dress up in weird things and well, you know. and that's kind of what's going on yeah. here. It's burning. It's Burning Man. It, or something it is more. Burning Man. Um, we have buskers and street performers, but nothing like this. Storms. What are they? They're Spren. Shalon whispered. Mm-hmm. They're imitating Spren. Look, those are like flame Spren, and the ones of white and blue with the. Flowing ribbons, wind spren. Emotion spren too, and there's pain. That's fear. Over there, that's anticipation. So it's a parade, Kaladin asks, but nobody is having any fun. The heads of spectators bowed, and people murmured, or even prayed. Nearby, an Alethi refugee, wrapped in rags, holding a sniveling baby in her arms, leaned against a building. A burst of exhaustion spren above appeared above her like jets of dust rising out of the air. Only these were bright red instead of the normal brown, and they were distorted. Mm-hmm. So he could tell they were exhaustion spren, but right. they did not look like normal exhaustion spren. They were the wrong color, and they seemed distorted for some reason. This is wrong. This is very, very wrong, Sill says from Kaladin's shoulder. Oh, that spren is from him, Kaladin. We know who him means, right? No, I don't. They are from him. From Odium. There's only one him. It's not capitalized. No, but it is italicized. Um, They've they've done this before, right? When they've seen those little lightning spren, those red lightning spren, Sil has said, they're of him. Shalon watched the rising non-exhaustion spren with widening eyes. Keep us moving, she hissed. So they kept pushing through the crowds. Kaladin grabbed the king by the arm, while Drahi, Scar, and Shalon's two guards instinctively formed up around them. The king let Kaladin pull him away, and a good thing too. Elikar had been fishing in his pocket, perhaps for a sphere to give the exhausted woman. Storms in the middle of the crowd. Not far now, Adolin says. Follow me. He led them to a small archway um, where the buildings had been built around a, a shared courtyard garden. Mm-hmm. Adolin carefully wound his way through all the people to get to the door that he wanted to knock on. It was a back door facing the courtyard instead of the street. Was this a rich person's wine house, perhaps? It seemed more like a home, though. Adolin knocked again, looking worried. On the door was a shiny steel plate with engraved numbers, and in it he could see his reflection. Almighty above, Kaladin says, <laughs> poking at the scars and bulges on his face, some with open sores, fake teeth jutted from his mouth, and one eye was higher on his head than the other. His hair grew out in patches and his nose was tiny. What did you do to me, woman? He asks. I love how this joke just suddenly explodes at the yeah, end here. Yeah, it's so great. Throughout this chapter. I've recently learned, Shalon says, that a good disguise can be memorable, so long as it makes you memorable for the wrong reason. This is what the um, you, this is what the t- spy taught them, right? Right. Remember, they were like, "Guys, you have an eye patch, yeah, but let's make them remember right. something else other than the eye patch." Right. You know, exactly. Mm-hmm. A new focus. Right. You, Captain, have a way of sticking in people's heads, and I worried you could do so no matter what your what face you wore. So I enveloped it with something even more memorable. 
I look like some kind of hideous spren. Hey, Syl says. <laughs> the door finally opens, revealing a short, matronly Thalen woman in an apron and a vest. Behind her stood a, a burly man with a white beard, cut after the horn-eater style. What? Who are you? Oh, Adolin says. Shalon, I'm going to need you to... Shalon rubbed, her fa- rubbed his face with a towel from her pack, as if to remove makeup. Oh, so they're, they're disguising the magic. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that really friggin' cool? Covering. Yeah, to just yes. do like an action. Yes. Adolin grinned at the woman and her jaw dropped. It was Prince, Prince Adolin, she says. Hurry, hurry, get in here. It's not safe outside. She ushered them in and quickly shut the door. Kaladin blinked at this sphere-lit chamber, its walls lined with bolts of cloth and dummies with half-finished coats on them. What is this place? Kaladin asked. <laughs> well, I figured we'd want someplace safe, Adolin says. We'd need to stay with someone I would trust with my life, or more. He looked at Kaladin, then gestured toward the woman. So I brought us to my tailor. Of, we should have known. We should have fucking Amazing. known that Adolin was going to seek refuge at a place yeah. where he can get a new coat. <laughs> a new coat. Yeah. It's, dude, like, honestly, if it wasn't for the earlier highlight that we had where the two of them were kind of bonding, yeah. um, that's the highlight. I mean, come on. That's taking so this, funny. You're going to see the tailor. Yeah. Another alternate highlight here is, the, is Shalon's explanation for why she made Kaladin ugly. You have a way of yeah. sticking in people's yeah. minds. Yeah. And I want them to th- have another reason for them remembering right. you. It's really smart. I mean, it's a little cruel, but it's <laughs> it's actually quite smart. And her whole so whole I'm gonna, explanation I'm turn for you into the her sorry, her whole explanation sorry. for um Elokar being the lady as well totally panned out cuz he acted exactly like a yeah. highborn lady earlier. So He did. Yeah, so yeah. Shalon's tactics are in this uh, uh illusions. I think it deserves a little mini Worked highlight well. as well, like a little Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I, he looks, <laughs> the way they described him at the end with the tufts of hair, he looks like either Jason Voorhees or the Toxic Avenger. Right. For crying <laughs> yeah, out loud. Looks like the nuts. Toxic Avenger. Yeah, that's funny. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good chapter. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's do some Great info dump three here. Uh, sure. So thanks to uh, Buzzkill Joe for doing all the hard work on the info dump again. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you, dude. Um, so Windrunner River is a river that runs uh, uh, through North Alethkar. And we know that, um, you know, it has some ties to uh, the Windrunner um, uh, Radiant Order because Alethala uh, was a kind of a place, uh, a bastion of safety for the Windrunners. And the, the, their whole stuff is tied up together here. Sunmaker Mountains, a mountain range near central Alethkar. And we know that the Sunmaker is the old um alethi um a tyrant that took over most of the world um elokar is using a diving mask which is uh used in like a naval equipment so it's really really cool i think it's probably like um it makes me think of like a like a deep sea helmet or something but it's more of just like a little mask which is really funny um we learn a little bit more about the lashings, um, a little more a description about, you know, why half and quarter lashings and all that stuff works because when you give a full lashing, it takes away the gravity from under you and gives you gravity in the 
direction you've lashed. So forward or up or back or whatever. So a little more explanation here. When we had this, um, in a previous episode and we talked about this, we weren't really sure how it went. And then we got a bunch of messages on Reddit and so forth explaining it all. But I knew that this, you know, that this kind of stuff is going to be coming back up again. And I didn't, I don't know if we have, we actually really talked about it from the, the Reddit messages, but, um, I knew that eventually we were going to get a little more explanation on it. So, um, Uh, oh, uh, the, one of the things that he has here, which I find really interesting is he has something and he puts it in a question mark because it's, I think it's his own terminology. He has areokinesis <laughs> and what he's written down here is Kaladin's instincts said he could probably lessen the force of the wind while flying. He'd done so before, but there were some abilities he had trouble deliberately pr- reproducing. We talked about this right. earlier and mm-hmm. he wrote, wrote here, pretty sure that when he used the wind sprint against the storm wall to save himself and the humans in Revelar. And that's probably what he did. He used the wind sprint as a way of being able to dampen the force of the storm. So he's thinking maybe I, I think a buzzkill saying here that maybe Kaladin could do that when flying as well to lessen the, um, like the, the wind burn and the strain that the wind puts on him when he's flying. So that's, that's really interesting stuff that like Kaladin still has places to grow here. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the name high Marshal Azur. We don't really know anything about this high Marshal. Um, only that this, um, uh, this soldier is in charge of the city and that Queen, Queen Asudan doesn't seem to be anymore. Um, we meet Adolin's Taylors. Um, I really loved, I really loved that moment when, uh, Shalon used a cloth to wipe away the makeup disguise from Adolin, not showing this random person that they can do this magic. It's really, really cool. Um, the other thing here he's got is Windblade Strata. So the Windblades have the same type of strata as is on Urethiru. So meaning that they were made in the same technique, maybe. So it's possible that Urethiru is much older than we first thought, right? If they were made with mm-hmm. these, uh, these Dawn cities too. So that's really cool. We also get this distorted view of exhaustion spren. They were exhaustion spren, but they were bright red instead of brown and they seem distorted somehow. Um, yeah, so that's, that's all we get for info dump. Thank you very much to Buzzkill Joe for the info dumpery. We really appreciate it. Um, we're going to do something we haven't done in a very long time here, folks. Um, I'm going to try to quickly read the names of the patrons. It's been like six or seven episodes or six or seven weeks that we haven't done it. Um, we really want to say thank you to all the new patrons and all the ones that are still with us. Um, we really appreciate, um, everything that you do. We appreciate your support. It really makes the show run and it gives us inspiration to keep trying to make the everything better so i'd like to say thank you to ingrid to trevor healed to frederick erickson to ivan isaac sean patterson seamus wyatt antoine eric vapor snake smoky Jana, robert ross carl stanley sirius 3100 eric ottman adam j kim Sir, uh Stun, Stunshine. I don't know why I had a hard time reading that one. Renegade, Stephanie C., Shannon Stauffer, Greg Bain, Samuel Giddens, Vanessa and Juan, Dusty Regalia, 
Iono, Scrub Kai, Unmentioned, Doggone Mad, Daniel Bergman, Cameron White, Craig, Chloe Davies, Harry Merrill, Nate Irish, Caleb Lay, Sister of the Rain, Holden Norfleet, Joel Carnes, Alex Black, Waneros, Athernal, Barba Trigolette, Cohen Turley, Cat Tux, Oh, Jesus, a lot of names. Um, Hendrick Limbach, <laughs> Ephelet77, <laughs> Will Streckfist, Robin Todd, Jamie Piga, Kushta Varshney, Thrall, Ian Henry, Zane Jeffries, Waterman85, Daniel Altridge, J.S., Joe S., Jacqueline Dallarocca, John Kurth, Kunal Chaudhry, Automatic Bear, Ryan Shea, Amigo Cat, Scorpio4245, Stephen Coolia, Shanidi, James Wallace, Michael Coling, Grant Hoffmeister, Yezrian, Chloe Lewis, Kyle Wilson, Jesus Rocho, Sarah Marshall, Milan Radnovich, Geneviève Blanc, Zachary Lindo, Brian Taylor, Dana Gustafson, Jesse Fay, Canoli, Jaden Guerra, Savotka Art, Sarah 677, Sarah Slagle, C. Carr, Tom Gonzalez, Tom, Mark Pinto, Maria Verum, Lawrence Bradley, Cody Logan, Jonathan Whittington, Tommy Turpin, Itzazer, Julia Peeble, Justin Elliott, Laura, Chris Whaley, Omni Orcus, Alec Guerin, James Johnson, Andrew Woods, James M., Valk of Marin, Chelsea Walker, James Pryor, Chad Kirkman, Megan Lloyd, Richard Featherson, Ilya Certain, James Lee, Denver Rose, David Clamage, the, the back with us. The best college pod football podcast. They went away for a while, but they're back. Uh, Jason Stock, <laughs> Ashlyn Lee, Anna P, Pat Bevins, Thomas Kavar, Matthew Eaton, Cosette, James Reed, J Steph Baum, Alex Trent, Joey Willman, Ratman, P Flume, Brandon Comer, Jasper, Silver Lumos, Joshua, Nisala, Ryan, Josh, Alexander, Janzi, Wick, Joe. Which is Buzzkill Joe, by the way. Werewolf Will, John M., Jake DeFeo, Robert Goebel, My Mom Sue, Ari Zoo, Bruce Rogers, Joel Hayes, Don Chalice, Mr. Murasami, Christian Pappy, no, 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 Jack's wife Linda, and our best friend Mike. Mm -hmm. So thank you again to everyone who is part of the Patreon team. We really, really love it. We've done some, uh, some changes to the Discord, so now we'll be able to have up to 100 people to be able to sit in on the live reads as opposed to the 25 that we had before we've uh we've uh, incorporated stage and turned the this uh, the um, the discord server into a community server as opposed to the private one that it was before so yeah we've got a lot of stuff going on uh, why don't you go to patreon.com slash heroes of and uh be part of it if you're not already if you want to be uh, see some behind the scenes stuff maybe join in on the movie nights with werewolf will there's um a uh, really cool um book discussion going on with uh, uh with uh, Colorado Joel. So yeah, there's uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on right now. So why don't you uh, jump on to patreon.com slash heroes of and join, uh, be part of the uh, extended family. If you want to reach out to us and have any kind of corrections or any statements that you want to, uh, um, us to know about, you can do so at heroes of a at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at heroes of one. You can reach out on, uh, the Instagram at the storm pod, or just hit us up on Reddit or on Facebook, the storm pod, um, lots of places to reach out and we will always read them. I always try to respond, but, um, yeah. So just reach out. We, we love hearing from you. Anyway, so, dude, we're doing two chapters next episode. We're doing mm -hmm. 62 and 63. Um, that'll nice. be very fun. We've got lots of stuff coming up. Part three is a doozy, and I can't wait for you to get through it. Very cool. Looking forward to it. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thank mm -hmm. you very much for listening to the episode. We love you very much. Until next time.
Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Akathra. <laughs>